And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. We trust you're staying safe wherever you are today, wherever you're joining us from across British Columbia or worldwide on our podcast. Uh, it's been a funny start to the year, especially here in BC. Uh, it's not normal for us to be so foggy and fogged out uh, and in many parts of British Columbia. Uh, but in some ways, I like the fog. One of the things I love about it, it makes me think more about red wine and uh, red wine blends it's that time of the year so uh, for you people who are looking for uh, you know interesting wines to drink it's a good month to explore blends Uh, I'm going to write about that soon low tannin blends so things from the south of France grapes like Grenache, Gamay, uh, Cinso all those and we do a lot of those in BC now so they're kind of fun wines to have on these damp cold foggy days uh, which in some ways can be as bad as 15 or 20 below and shoveling snow. So uh, uh, the secret to that is wine. And by the way, maybe the biggest story this week, although I don't put much stock in these health stories, is that red wine has been uh, uh, working well in the fight against COVID. So uh, you can check those stories out uh, wherever you are. Now on the show today, uh, Kurt Simchik joins us. He's the Sebastian Farms uh, viticulturalist. We're going to talk about organic farming. We're going to stick with organics when we speak with Carrie Clasby, the intuitive forager. She speaks to us from uh, Malibu on all things organic. And coming up next, David Lorison joins us to explore some of the new wineries in British Columbia that are blossoming all over uh, the region. Uh, just signs popping up, wineries opening, and new wines coming out. So we'll look at some of the newest ones in B.C., That and so much more is coming up on the BC Food and Wine Radio Show. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you or visit SmokingLoon.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Winter blues? Change them to red, white, and more at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher in West Kelowna. 
Stop in for free tastings in the wine shop. Enjoy happy hour at the Modest Butcher and dig into the new Modest Brunch every Sunday. Plus, watch for the launch of the Modest Tribute Dinner Series, one night to experience delicious flavors from around the world. For more details, visit ModestButcher.com. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from Nelson to Victoria and all 18 other cities across the province. Listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, uh, I thought we'd kick off the new year looking ahead at some exciting new wineries in British Columbia. And here to lead the discussion is David Lorison. He's the director of wines at Wine Align, and he's the co-chair of the Canadian National Wine Awards. David, how are you today? I'm just great, Tony. Happy New Year to you. Happy Let's New hope Year it's a much you. better one than last year, huh? Yeah, well, uh, it, <laughs> I was going to say it couldn't get much worse, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I hope for the best, too. Uh, Well, Dave, it's it's fun to talk to you. I know that you have been, uh, you were writing a column about uh, new discoveries that that sort of sprung from the National Wine Awards last year. So let's start with that. What what do you mean by the most promising new wineries and how, how, how would you look at them that way? Okay. Well, so these are sort of a direct result of wineries that entered the National Wine Awards of Canada, which was held in Penticton last October, so just before Thanksgiving. Uh, there were 270 wineries entered. Uh, 44 of them had entered for the first time, which is a fairly high percentage, actually. We were quite pleased by that. Um, so I looked at that list of 44, and I uh, eliminated any wineries that I knew existed before 2019, which was the year of the last awards. Again, we had to skip for COVID in 2020. Um, and I, I went through those wineries that remained that uh, – that looked new to me. I mean, when I was walking in the back room uh, at the awards, there are all kinds of labels that were new to me. So I just went through all those new wineries and, and had a look at how they did in the awards in terms of their medal counts and decided to to delve deeper and uh, go onto their websites. Uh, I haven't visited most of them. I haven't been in the Valley since then, but hoping yeah. to come uh, this spring and, and visit these places and taste. But, but, but the results mean- are good. You know, all these wineries won awards. Yeah, just before we get to them, Dave, one of the things that that, uh, always amuses me is how uh, uh, when these wineries, as you say, you haven't visited them and you haven't really heard from them, but you had a chance to taste the wines. How hard is it to launch a winery these days? Oh, boy. Well, it always takes a long time. I guess it depends on the type of winery, but if it's an estate-based winery with vineyards, uh, et cetera, um, it can take a long time. There's one little project uh, called Horseshoe Found in the Sunokami, where they purchased the land 10, days, uh, 10 years ago and just uh, brought out their first vintage in 2020. So it's uh, certainly a, a long labor for, for most people. Mm-hmm. Our guest is David Lorison. He's the director of wines at WineLine. We're talking about some new British Columbia wineries, so uh, why don't we get into it, David, and start with uh, Chain Reaction Vineyards. Uh, these people are on the Naramata bench. 
Yeah, as, as are others on the list. Um, it, it popped up very frequently. Uh, so this is Joel and Leah Chanushuk, uh, pardon my pronunciation. Uh, they're really avid cyclists and runners, so there's sort of this, uh, uh, the chain reaction, I think, is a, is a sort of a take on that. Um, again, they purchased uh, in Naramata in 2019 just a small three-acre site at Topino, Chardonnay, Cap Franc, and Riesling. But at the same time, they leased a four-acre uh, established vineyard, uh, Pinot Vineyard. Right. Um, the smart thing they've done, actually, is hire a winemaker by the name of Dwight Sick, who's a veteran in, in the Okanagan, formerly of Stags Hollow, um, owner of Amulet, and making wines at, at other properties as well. So he's done a great job with their fruit. Uh, they took um, a gold medal, uh, one of the top 10 gold medals of the entire awards, actually, uh, for a Pinot, and then... Uh, uh, silvers. I won't go through the, all the yeah. metals for each yeah, but there's a group yeah. of them after that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess my takeaway from that is is getting somebody who knows how to make wine to help you jumpstart your business because uh, absolutely, people sort of come in and they've never made wine in their life before, and they're going to make a wine and charge thirty or forty dollars. It makes no sense to me, but getting someone like Dwight Sick really, you know, puts you on the map right away. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, uh, next up, uh, one we kind of so, know well, but interesting. Who do you, who is that? It's uh, De Silva Vineyards, and uh, they've been around for a long time. The De Silva family's been in the uh, in Naramata since the 50s, actually, growing fruit. Um, they started a winery called Misconduct a while ago, uh, but uh, that was about 10 years ago. <clears throat> but have decided to, to rebrand under the family name. Uh, and it's a very sharp label. It's very sort of authoritative. They're good-looking. Uh, and they are focusing their production on sort of age-worthy small lot wines. They're sourcing from different vineyards in the Okanagan, some estate or some from Naramata, but others from Asoyas as well. So they're they're quite full-bodied uh, aging wines, sort of in that Portuguese tradition. And um, they also have a very good uh, small uh, restaurant simply called The Kitchen just outside of Penticton that's uh, getting accolades. Anyway, they took a gold for uh, a Chenin Blanc. Uh, at the awards, which is really, really great to see, and and several other medals as well. Yeah, great place to stop by uh, on the bench, and uh, a couple of the wines that they make. I don't know if you tried them, Dave. Are they're they're kind of like their house blends, and they're made uh, right. uh, in the Portuguese style, and they're growing Portuguese grape varieties now, hoping to really make them authentic uh, blends from the yeah. land. Yeah, it's very That's exciting. Kind of actually, good to see. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the new one, the the Fox and Archer wines that some people may connect with Foxtrot. They're not. It's a separate winery. What, what about That's Fox right. and Archer? Well, again, I haven't. Uh, I tasted a couple of their wines when I was in Penticton, actually. I really love their labels. What kind of drew me to the wines and, and really enjoy them. Uh, it's a small sort of five-acre property owned by Diane Fox and her husband, Tyson Archer. Um, they're organic. Uh, they're doing Pinot Noir, Malbec, and, um, and Merlot. Uh, what's interesting about their site, they say it's one of the highest elevations in Naramata, a great sort of rocky uh, exposition, the south-facing slope, um, giving them sort of optimal sun, wind movement, that kind of thing. So it's a very much a site-driven wine, uh, yeah. and the acid balance are, pr- are pretty good. So something's clearly working there. Um, all five wines entered took silver medals, which wow. uh, which is up there. It's not gold, but it's, you know, our silver... Yeah. Cutoff is sort of 90 points, so yeah, uh, very, very strong showing for these guys. Yeah, we're speaking with David Lores from, from Wine Line. Dave, the, that winery, by the way, is unofficially organically cultivated. Does that mean anything to you? 
Uh, it, it means that they're just simply not wanting to declare it. Uh, they may not have been certified by a, you know, a certification body. I don't know, but they're 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 saying that they're farming uh, organically. So yeah. um, it, there's a little bit of a distinction there. I mean, I, I think I would prefer to see see it certified, but it kind of goes to the people too. You know, if you kind of trust what they're doing, and I just get the vibe from these people that they're that they're being honest about it. So doesn't bother yeah. me too much. Uh, I love the Naramata bench, but uh, the next winery is from a region that I think is super promising in BC. Let's talk about the, the Similkameen Valley and this find. Yeah, okay. Well, just on the Similkameen, first of all, we, uh, as you know, had a chance uh, as a body of judges to go over to the Similkameen one evening during the awards, and many of the wines were out there for us to mm-hmm. taste. Not not horseshoe found, but I was terribly impressed by the, the kind of different structure and feel to the wines in the Sinocamine and, and really sort of turned my head a little bit. Uh, I went back uh, during the awards and tasted quite a number of Sinocamine wines. I'm thinking I might actually come, either come out again or have some shipped here to do uh, an article. Anyway, there's something special going on there. Um, Horseshoe Found, uh, again, is this little project I mentioned earlier, uh, owned by Pavel and Michaela Horak, who are of Czech descent. Uh, they were from Vancouver originally, but moved to Coston uh, back in 2006 uh, and started and planted the whole things from scratch. Just the two of them, again, farming under organic principles and just opened the winery in 2020. And what's really interesting here, I mean, their, their 2018 Pinot took a silver medal. Uh, and I really like that wine, actually. But three of their uh, other wines are whites based on uh, grape varieties like the Vierge Viognier and Mus- uh, sorry, Mario Muscat. Mm-hmm. And that's which a very famous sort of Central European aromatic variety. And they're blends of these seed grapes. So it's, they're very good. They're dry. They're full-bodied and, and just a little bit different uh, and, and have, do have kind of a Central European feel to them somehow. So yeah. one, of, one of the most interesting new little wineries. And it's very small, tiny. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about that in the business, about the, the effect of having foreigners coming in from all different places with different ideas. And I think uh, yeah. now that now that the industry's maturing, there's a lot of room to, to grow different varieties and, and explore other avenues. Hey, we're speaking with David Lorison. He's the director of wines at Wine Align. He's also the co-chair of the Canadian National Wine Awards. Now, Dave's going to be back uh, after these few messages with some new news uh, regarding the National Wine Awards, including the dates and locations for 2022. Our show's recorded at BNN Bloomberg Radio, 1410 in downtown Vancouver, and it's available weekly on the radio or on demand across all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. I'm Anthony Gismondi. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, uh, and we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. It doesn't have to be alcohol to be rock and roll. It just has to be naughty. Bring the party with Naughty from Thompson & Scott. Beautifully crafted, organic, vegan, alcohol-free sparkling wines that have taken the drinks industry by storm. Beautiful bubbles. No alcohol, no compromise. So go ahead, get naughty. You've got nothing to lose but your preconceptions of what alcohol-free can be. Visit softcrush.ca for more details. 
Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as $399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. It's a season for big, bold red wines at Gold Hill Winery in Oliver. We've built our reputation on age-worthy Bordeaux-style reds. Join our wine club today and receive a $25 gift along with other fantastic benefits. For more information, go to goldhillwinery.com. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you or visit SmokingLoon.com. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night Hello, we're back with our guest, David Lorison, Director of Wines, uh, Wine Line Co-Chair of the Canadian National Wine Awards. I want to start there, David. Uh, the Wine Awards were postponed uh, due to COVID uh, two years ago. They ran this year right. kind of late. What can you tell us about 2022? What are the plans? Well, we're, we're hoping to get back on track. Um, so each year we uh, go back and forth between uh, Niagara and, and uh, or Eastern Canada and Western Canada. So it was in Penticton last year, so we're back to uh, Niagara. I uh, actually have a great venue uh, in between Niagara and the Fo- Niagara Falls and Niagara on the Lake. Uh, yeah. The official dates are June 19th to 23rd, and uh, you and I will be there sooner. But mm-hmm. um, the the uh, registration will be opening in mid-March, so that's only about six weeks away. So I'm hoping wine we start to think about uh, which wines they, they might want to enter. Of course, all the regulations will be on the winelineline.com website, so I'm not going to get into all that here. But yeah. we're looking forward to uh, to doing it. It's uh, well, last year I was mean, our biggest, and we're hoping this will be too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if you owned a winery, Dave, why would you enter those awards? Well, it's uh, because well, I think the first thing is you get you'll get really good feedback, uh, sort of publicity, particularly if you do well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of after publication of results and articles. Uh, your wines are being tasted by 20 to 25 of the top palates in Canada. Um, and uh, you're, you're in against the best. I mean, almost every very important wine being made in Canada is entered in these awards. So it's a great way 
for you as a winemaker to kind of benchmark, you know, what what you're doing and where you fit and that yeah. kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I, and I would add to that that uh, even if you don't do well, that is feedback too because I think it you is. Know, <laughs> you get a you get a message from the judges that you know things have to change or get better. Yeah, I mean, there's a perception that all all we're doing is sort of handing out awards, uh, and that's really not it. There's a lot of um, good information that's gathered, research that's being done on on winemaking styles uh, as a result of these awards. It's it's a great body of work, and, and anyone, I think, the whole industry in Canada actually benefits from it. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, let's get back to some of these uh, newer BC wineries. Uh, in fact, the next one I know nothing about, so it's kind of cool to hear about. Uh, let's start with them. Is it Rainmaker Wines? Yeah, Rainmaker Wines and Second Chapter. And it's actually two separate wineries, but owned by the same person, who is Kim Pullum. You may remember him as the longtime owner uh, of uh, Church and State, which started right. on Vancouver Island and uh, then opened a facility in the Okanagan. Yeah. So he's moved on. Um, he's built two new wineries very near there. Uh, he retains some of the vineyards on the Black Sage bench, uh, and he's done really, really well in these awards. Um, a whole, whole slew of medals for, for both wineries. What's really interesting to me here is the, um, the focus at uh, Rainmaker on Syrah, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a, there's a great little pocket for Syrah on the Black Sage bench right there. And then yep. across the way, he's got in on Golden Mile. On the Golden got, Mile, yeah. Yeah, vineyards as well for a winery called Second Chapter, which is his second chapter, I guess. Yeah. And um, and those wines did extremely well, too, and they're more Bordeaux-oriented, Cab Sauv, Malbec, et cetera. So uh, I'm not going to read them all here, but there's at least 10 wines that have won medals between those two wineries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about those wines now that I actually know the wines, but not the name of the winery. So there you go. They're they're down below Road 13, some of those uh, places. And the Syrah is quite amazing uh, out of the gate. Yep. Although, I mean, Syrah has always been a good variety in B.C. and actually getting better as, you know, people get more experience. So good for him. Uh, we're going to stay in the Oliver area now and talk about uh, a place that's called Red Horses Vineyard. Again, I'd never heard of them. It's a small sort of family enterprise. It's a four-town family. And, and they've done something very interesting um, to focus on Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a very small, yeah. uh, from what I can gather, three-acre site. And it's almost all Cabernet. And uh, their, their 2018 Cab and their 2018 Cab Reserve both took medals. And uh, off to a really good start. Kind of nice labels. And it's, it's fun, to, fun to see that kind of specialization. And I think, you know, when you and I started out, Dave, focusing on Cabernet Sauvignon was like uh, yeah. a death a death wish. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah. between climate change and uh, way better viticulture, uh, we have seen some. I ha- actually have been not only impressed, like really surprised by uh, some high-quality Cabernet recently. Like some of the ones coming out of Phantom Creek are just amazing. Right. They are. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, the next one with the weirdest name I've heard yet, sort of strange, sort of I, I get it, but I don't get it, and that is Similka Vista Vineyards. Does that sound right? Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it's pronounced. Yep. Yep. They've uh, So this is Similkameen Valley. Uh, I hope so. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a sister winery involved here called Terralux. So there are two properties, Terralux. Is a quite a flashy new winery being built in West Kelowna at the moment, but the wines aren't on the market. They did enter the awards, but and did well, uh, mm-hmm. but the wines aren't on, aren't on the market quite yet. So, 
Uh, the Sunoco Vista is now a sister property. Uh, it's owned by the Minguian Group, uh, developers from Vancouver. What's interesting about the development of these wineries is that the three uh, masters of wine, uh, well-known in BC, were involved as, as consultants in starting the whole thing up. So it's uh, you know, James Kluwer, Marcus Ansons, and Jeffrey Moss. So um, Sunoco Vista is small. It's got the, the vineyards are quite old, uh, but the winery is new and the ownership is new and uh, a very, very promising site. And uh, uh, the wines that they entered were actually older vintages from Okanagan fruit. But I can't wait for, to, to taste all the new stuff. Yeah. Well, I know that you said there's something special going on there earlier, Dave. For me, the Similkameen is this wild, windy place with uh, really poor soils, uh, well-draining soils and, and uh, rocks everywhere. And it, it just seems like the perfect place to make great wine. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one more here, Dave. I, I know uh, people can check out the article at Wine Online because you also covered a number of Ontario wineries that we won't have time for today. But the final right. one, uh, we go, we're heading back to the Naramata Besh for Westbert Winery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, they, they did well at, at the awards. Uh, they took three medals, silver and two bronze. Uh, it's uh, the Jobert family, uh, originally from South Africa. Again, more sort of influence from uh, other parts of the world. Um, yeah. I ha- again, I haven't t- personally tasted these wines and, and haven't visited the property, so um, I just haven't, don't have a lot of other information. But, you know, three medals for their first time out is, is uh, great. They've got a guest house, and so maybe they'll go and stay in the guest house one time. Give yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they got that the twenty. I have had the twenty nineteen Merlot, and of course, for me, uh, Merlot on the Naramata bench is kind of a sweet spot for that variety. So it'll be right. interesting to to check it out. And of course, South Africa usually uh, outstanding viticulture in South Africa. So it's nice to have those folks in the valley as well. Uh, Dave, yeah. always uh, great to catch up with you. Uh, I look forward to the National Wine Awards uh, going to Niagara this year, and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what we'll get there. I guess we're hoping for 2,000 uh, wines at least to get to, you know to get a wide spectrum. Uh, do you think yep. we're going to make it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite so sure on that. I mean, we had the advantage last time of, of not having the awards in 2020, so I think some wines were kind of doubled up. So we may drop yep. a little bit, but I think uh, you know, in terms of number of wineries, etc., it's still still going to be a very important competition, and we're dealing with. Really good vintages, too, by the way. The 2020 vintage in the Okanagan was terrific, uh, yeah. and it was in Ontario as well. So it may be the best sort of, um, you know, back-to-back or head-to-head vintages that we've had at the awards. So I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, the article on the new wines will be published by Friday, which is I just sent it in this, uh, this morning. Okay. And that'll be up on the Wine Align site. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, under, uh, under Dave. Canadian Wine Insider. Yep. Uh, great to kick off the new year with you. And uh, while well, I'm sure I'll see you before the awards, but it'll be fun to spend some time in Niagara and catch up down there as well and see what's happening in um, Ontario. Yep. Absolutely, Tyne. Thank you very much for having me. It's great. Okay. David Lorison, Director of Wines and Wine Align Co Chair of the Canadian National Wine Awards. Up next, Carrie Clasby, known as the Intuitive Forager. She joins us from Malibu, California. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and you're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, available on the radio and anytime on all the top podcast platforms. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. 
Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to farm-to-table cuisine. Enjoy a delectable menu in a gorgeous restaurant where casual meets elegant. Sip and savor refreshingly delicious wines overlooking panoramic vineyard views. Reserve today at unsworthvineyards.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures. Visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class, locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from Nelson to Victoria and all 18 cities in between here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is Carrie Clasby, known to top chefs across the U.S. as the intuitive forager. Carrie, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk to you. You're in a place I wish I was in at the moment, down in uh, the Malibu area of California, where I'm sure it's a lot warmer than uh, where I am. So that's a good start. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the Intuitive Forager. What, what, what is it that you do? Well, I've been a grower, an organic grower, and I was trained through Waldorf and Steiner for biodynamics and I had a bumper crop of incredible varieties of heirloom tomatoes. So I started going to the top chefs like Michael Mina and um, some of the guys that who became eventually became celebrity chefs with great produce. And they said, can you get this and can you get that? And um, actually, my mother's Canadian, you know, from Nova Scotia. And ah. she was a farm girl. And so... Uh, but she was a real gourmet. She wanted food right from the farm. So I had learned at an early age. So when I moved to California, I started growing. And then I started to have quite a reputation amongst the chefs who knew that I could find the best quality because I would wait for the ripest and therefore the most nutritionally dense. 
And, and uh, well, my understanding, not just tomatoes after that, you found a lot of interesting products that, uh, that chefs go crazy about, I guess, when they can get something new or different. Yeah, but for all of us, it's all about um, how fun this ride on this rock is, you know, making it fun and creative and interesting. And, and um, that's what I love, too. I love the synergy of working together on a menu or working together with a farmer and Right now we have like these uh, heirloom Italian chicories, and I know you have them up in Vancouver in the uh, in yeah. the farmers markets. They're spreading uh, in the northwest, and um, so I have an heirloom chicory mix, and the and there's pink radicchios, and you'll find them at luckily up in the northwest because they grow perfectly there. And those are the bitter greens and the Italians have, of mm. course, used those for years in their cooking. Sure. Uh, and along the way, you, you actually, you, now you've be actually become a farmer. You own a farm uh, in the Malibu Fig Ranch. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, this was an organic farm since 1954. The Cunningham family established it as the Malibu Fig Ranch. And it's um, up on a... a, a um, a side of a hill overlooking the Pacific, and it's in a very remote western area of Malibu. And so it's the perfect Mediterranean climate for growing figs and um, certain fruits but and vegetables, of course. So I had helped the farmer early on when I was running a Waldorf school, and I would bring my children to the farms to help to learn where their food came from. And I began uh, uh, buying from the farmer and helping his business. And so when it was time for him to retire and sell the farm, he recommended me to the uh, 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 as the new manager of the farm, the steward. Yeah. Uh, steward is a great word, and uh, you touched on earlier biodynamic farming. Well, why is it important now that uh, you know so much about this to grow locally, uh, to grow biodynamically or organically, what, what what is in it for us, the consumer, and why should we be be interested in this topic when when we talk about food? Well, it's uh, important for our health to grow to be eating seasonally and locally because we're all programmed and we get our energy from the sun, and the body will reject. Um, items or, or produce that is not in its um, programming understanding. So it's like an alien um, food. So you shouldn't be eating bananas in the winter because the body is, is kicking it out as an inflammatory agent. It starts to attack those um, the items that aren't familiar to the sunlight into the time of the year. And we can feel it intuitively. We start craving all of the stews and the, um, you know, the cassoulets and the turnips and the, um, the foods that are nutrient-dense from the earth and low in sugar and are sustaining. So we can see that the body has a mind of its own. And then in the summers when you're um, out in the sun for much long, longer periods and you don't need so much intense uh, energy uh, because of the shortened days in the winter, you right. crave tomatoes and watermelons and sugary foods that you burn off quickly because it's go, go, go. Mm-hmm. 
so the farmers markets are are and the farm local farms are really a great place because you know they are doing the 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 growing the old fashioned way where they're rotating the crops and they're um, inoculating the soil with the incredible microbes and biodynamic farming, which was a Steiner, um, Rudolf Steiner um, technique or principles, is just an ancient technique of adding back into the soil the amendments that the soil lacks uh, because of you know wind and rain and weather and yeah. the, the crops. Yeah, we're speaking with Carrie Clasby. She's known as the Intuitive Forger. Uh, we were. We're, we're, I was going to explore a little bit about uh, uh, the reasons to shop the farmers' markets. Uh, obviously, uh, real flavors, that sort of thing, uh, is, is obvious. But what about? Uh, I know that you're interested in supporting family farmers. Why is that important? And is it happening now, both in the U.S. Uh, as we see some of that here in in this uh, part of Canada? Yeah, we have to reverse this, um, you know, monocropping of these giant. Um, soybean and corn fields because not only do they ruin our our soil but they also ruin our health (laughs) Mm -hmm. um we're supposed to have a biodiverse seasonal diet and the family farmers guarantee that because um you know when you have uh, your neighbors buying from you you have a, a totally different way of producing whereas if you have the government subsidizing you it's a a totally different mentality but farmers markets are the place for community to gather to share experiences and hope to uh, reinforce each other for what we intuitively know is the right way it's not always the easiest way you know sometimes it's much easier to buy something prepared or grab a pizza uh you know to go but the 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 health benefits of uh, understanding your food and understanding the health of the food is the best way for children and for families to have longevity and to eliminate chronic diseases like these lifestyle diseases like Alzheimer's and high blood pressure and pre pre-diabetes and diabetes are all preventable and it's our SAD standard American diet that's killing our country less so yeah. in Canada I know but Oh, well, it's, yeah, we all have the same issues. Uh, Wow, I don't know how we, you know, the time just flies by. I want to ask you one more question about it. I I know it's a, you you touched on it, but it's really important to know where your food comes from uh, because uh, is it about accountability sort of on both sides of of knowing where your food comes from? Yes, and we know that as we support locally, we get back locally as we make each other accountable in all things we realize that we're all connected and we all need each other. We can't do anything in a vacuum. Mm. Uh, well, Carrie, uh, that just flew by so quickly. We're going to have to get back and talk to you on uh, some of these other subjects as the farmers markets roll out across Canada as the winter rolls away. But uh, for all our listeners, obviously eating local and supporting the local farmers market is key. Uh, And we thank you for joining us today all the way from Malibu, California. We wish we were down there standing in the sunshine. Well, it's beautiful up there, and thank you. This is a great show, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on. That was Carrie Clasby, the intuitive uh, forager. We talked to her down in Malibu, California.
of course, here at home, the British Columbia Farmers Markets are open across the province. So for up-to-date information, you can go to the bcfarmersmarkettrail.com and uh, look for the farmer's market that's open in your region. And you'll be surprised how many, uh, I was surprised looking at the list, how many you can actually attend uh, during uh, the month of January. So don't uh, don't miss out on them. They're still out there, and they can use your support. Now, coming up next, Kurt Simchik joins us. He's a viticulturalist for Sebastian Farms in the Okanagan. We're going to talk about organic grape growing and why it's taking off in the Okanagan Valley. I'm Anthony Gismondi. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. This winter, join us at Black Hills Estate Winery for an intimate and informative seated wine experience with our team of wine educators. Sample our renowned portfolio of wines, including the rare and wine club exclusive Carmenere, and learn about the terroir that makes the Black Sage Bench region so unique. Our current releases are available online for gifting and stocking up your cellar. Find out more about our available wines, wine club benefits, or book one of our seated wine experiences at blackhillswinery.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Enjoy the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountains from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their new release of Pinot 3, a co-fermented blend of Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, and Pinot Gris to sip while you take in the views. Tastings are offered seven days a week from noon to five this winter. Come for the views and stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you or visit SmokingLoon.com. This winter, stay cozy and warm with award-winning wines from Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. Visit their tasting room any day of the week from 11 to 4. Elevate your experience with their black glass blind tasting or book a private varietal specific stemware tasting. Become a VIP and join their crush club. Your membership includes regular wine shipments, a 15% discount, early access to new releases, and free premium experiences. From the beginner to the experienced wine connoisseur, Tinhorn Creek has your amazing experience waiting. Visit tinhorn.com. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back and talking organics today. Our next guest is Kurt Simchik. He's a viticulturalist uh, for Sebastian Farms. He's working out of Cedar Creek. Kirk, welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day Anthony, nice to, nice to chat. 
Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. There's so much going on uh, with organics now in BC. Uh, why, why, don't, why don't we first start with you? You are not from BC. Why are you here in BC? How did you end up here? Um, yeah, so so back in 2016, I was uh, farming um, quite happily in Marlborough, New Zealand, um, when someone from the Mark Anthony group made um, contact with me. Um, and told me their intentions that they wanted to um, change to organic farming, um, make a shift, and uh, that's why they reached out. So by the, after some talks and visiting the area, um, by May 2017, I, uh, I landed um, in BC and... Uh, got straight into my role as, as viticulturalist for um, Sebastian Farms in the north here. Mm. And Sebastian Farms, uh, it's a part of the group, or how would you explain what Sebastian Farms is for our listeners? Yeah, so Sebastian Farms um, is the farming side of a larger business um, that owns Mission Hill Winery, Cedar Creek, Martin Lane. Checkmate, Road 13, Red Barn, and Liquidity um, within the Okanagan Valley. So our my side of the business, we grow the grapes to supply all those wineries. Wow. Uh, well, I want to start with a simple def- definition for people. Uh, we, we talk a lot a bit about o- organic farming, but uh, how would you define uh, the term organic farming in the way that, the, the way that you work? Okay, so um, I like to say that organics is is old school farming, but these days we've got lots of great new tech to to help us out. Um, but you know the principles have been been the same for generations. Um, pretty much what it means on our properties, we use no insecticides, no pesticides, no systemic fungicides. No herbicides. We've got to use undivine weeders or mowers. We use no chemical fertilizers. Um, so in their place, we, we use cover crops, compost, natural fertilizers like fish and seaweed or cow manure. Um, we do not use any, any GMO products on our, on our properties either. Um, mm. So that is the, the basics of all organics, and it follows the, the guidelines or principles um, set by the Canadian organic standards. Yeah. Kurt Simchik, he's a bit of culturalist for Sebastian Farms. He works out of Cedar Creek up in the North Okanagan. Uh, Kirk, so y- you have this organic farming going on. Uh, what are the changes? Like, how, how is it different from conventional farming, uh, for instance, or or, or how does sustainability fit into that? People hear all these buzzwords. So how does it all come together? Um, yeah, so, so Anthony, you know, with all the... It's about what we don't do just about in our vineyards. That, that, that makes a difference. Like I, I talked about the, the no chemical use already, um, but it's... In place of those chemicals, we it's the alternatives, what we can use. Sowing cover crops here um, 
building compost, reducing waste, all reduces our impact on the ground. We've got to think, you know, when we're farming this way about our water usage as well. Um, and just through farming, I, I find this way, the vines in turn and over time become a little bit more resilient to what Mother Nature seems to be throwing at us um, these days. So, you know, we're thinking about our water usage, where we recycle, we use compost. It's all thinking about the care and longevity of our of our land and, and what we're doing. Mm. Uh, well, mentioning what Mother Nature is throwing at you, then uh, can organic farming? Do you, would you say it's part of uh, part of a, a solution towards fighting climate change? Um, yes, yeah, for sure. I I think our approach it's it's if you go deeper than just uh, not using chemicals and look at. Um, the water usage and everything. Yes, it's it's. We should be setting our vineyards up to be more resilient to things like droughts or even flooding. Um, and our impact. You know, we're thoughtful. We we think about um, our carbon footprint as much as we can as well. So yes, I I believe mm. this is a step in the direction for helping helping reduce climate change and yeah. a lot of the principles that that we um, follow are the, similar to what you do under regenerative farming as well so and and that's the whole concept behind it is is lessening our our footprint on the on the on the world I suppose mm-hmm I I feel like uh, it's a feel good thing to be organic. Uh, it's it, and I feel in some ways that that do you feel like it's sweeping the Okanagan? It, there seems to be a larger and larger uh, number of people that are either interested getting into it, uh, maybe not certified, but moving in that direction. I, is this the direction? Like in another fifteen or twenty years, could could we be totally organic in in, in the Okanagan Valley when it comes to wine growing or in in BC? Um, man, that'd be pretty cool, I think, uh, Anthony. I, I think when I first came to the valley, uh, um, there was only about 4% of the valley was being farmed organically. Um, with our properties, which is, let's say there's 1,300 acres, we farm over 42 different vineyard sites here. We've increased that um, the percentage of being farmed organically up to 17% which on a world scale is quite significant for a wine region. Right. Um, and I think just just by that, I'm seeing um, more, yes, more interest in the valley. A lot of people are starting uh, to take the steps and we have the ideal climate here to, to really to do this and do it well and hopefully put the Okanagan you know, on a on a world map as a as a wine growing region, right? Yeah. Okay. I know you're not. A, I know you're not a winemaker, but you're growing the grapes for winemakers. So, do you get involved now with tasting the wine, and do you get feedback uh, going both ways about what you're doing and what they want, and what they're doing, and perhaps how they're mangling your grapes or not? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I work really closely with uh, four winemakers or the four wineries that, that I work with. I'm based in the north, so it's predominantly Cedar Creek, Liquidity, Mission Hill and Martins Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's it's not just about the winemakers spending time out in the vineyards with me. It's me spending time in the in the wineries with them and looking at the different batches as they go through the ferment process and discussing any problems or issues or anything unique we're seeing from that vintage. So it's that collaboration which helps us move forward and produce better wines year after year. Um, so, yes, I do work very closely with them. Well, fresher, brighter wines are on everybody's lips, and what we're hearing or what we're seeing in uh, some producers now organically and biodynamically is a little less alcohol uh, uh, and grapes that are ripening earlier. Is that something that you've seen uh, in your experience now? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I've been here five years now, so I've been watching watching the change. Um, and, yes, we are seeing a a change in how the fruit ripens and they are becoming phenologically ripe a lot earlier, you know, or in balance with sugars. So rather than sugars going through the roof, we're seeing a really nice flavour and seed development and even the the stems of the bunches. So that all helps um, dial those wines back and, and brings finesse into them. And, um, and that's, one of the benefits, I believe, of farming organically that that I think every one of the winemakers I've worked with has commented on um, of where the wines are at now as opposed to five years ago. So it's it's kind of exciting. Yeah, uh, I don't want to run out of time, but uh, I, I did have one question because it's been so cold uh, this year. How have you made out this winter? Because some temperatures were pretty low. What, what are you expecting uh, come the spring? I <laughs> uh, thought you might ask that question, Anthony. Um, yeah, it's, it, it did. I mean, I think in Kelowna or the northern Okanagan, we got the coldest we've ever been for over 25 years. Um, the airport hit lows of minus 27, um, and a lot of our vineyards that are, are right around the lake got down to minus 24 degrees. So, Wow. Yes, um, we will be seeing um, bud damage um, and and bud loss. So we have to make a lot of compensations and decisions with our pruning over winter to try and lay uh, prune a little less and lay a few more buds down to help compensate for the primaries that we're inevitably going to lose yes. from those cold temperatures. So. Yeah, we will. We will see. We will see in spring. But um, based on uh, what we're measuring and looking at, um, yes, we are going to have some uh, some damage there for sure. Well, Kirk, I think it's a uh, it's got to be a year to remember for viticulturalists, from heat domes to uh, wildfires to freezing temperatures. Uh, hopefully, twenty twenty two will be a little less frantic, and uh, you can sort of get back to normal grape growing. Yeah, I certainly uh, certainly hope so too. I, I don't want too many years like the one we've just had. It was <laughs> it was challenging, um, but it will certainly be unique, and 
I think we'll see some really unique wines coming out of it. Um, yeah. But um, as a farmer, yeah, I'd like to see a, have a slightly easier season, to be honest. Kirk Simchik, thanks so much for joining us today and talking a little bit about, uh, about organics uh, and your life in the vineyards. Uh, we hope to catch up with you soon. Yeah, awesome. Great to talk to you, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, Kirk Simchip, he's a viticulturalist for Sebastian Farms. He's working out of Cedar Creek, and we've been talking about organic grape growing. Folks, that's it uh, for today's show. Uh, special thanks to my technical producer, Darren Regan. The broadcast is available weekly on the radio or on demand across all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a relaxing weekend, and we'll be back live next week on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.